I hope Caleb's words this morning have impressed upon all of us the gravity of what we're about to remember and dwell upon and commemorate as we take the bread and the cup. I'd like to read a text in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 to help us a little bit with that here in just a moment. Actually, we'll just go ahead and read it now. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, until that day of the Lord, until we see him again. I don't know about you, but I'm okay with doing stuff on my own, things you're not supposed to do on your own. It doesn't much bother me to go to dinner by myself. Rarely ever happens, but it really doesn't bother me. I know that's psychotic to some of you, but it doesn't bother me. Just go out and just sit there in a restaurant and just eat. It's fine. Some of y'all are like, love it. Me too. Um, I've been on road trips before and just found out I was close to a sports stadium, even sports I don't like that much. I'll get a cheap ticket and go watch a game by myself. Go to the movies. That's the best one, you know, because you don't have somebody talking to you the whole time during the whole movie. I'm like, dude, I'm trying, we're trying to do something here. I'm afraid though, a lot of us, um, well, that's fine. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it, y'all come tell me if you think it's not fine. You can rebuke me and correct me if I, if I need to repent here, but all that stuff's fine, but I'm afraid there's some ways that we can let those kinds of mentalities uh, slip into the way we think about our devotion to God. And particularly when it comes to a moment like this, actually, even this moment that we're sharing in together as we remember the Lord is not something that we remember alone. It's something that God expressly um, has commanded and instructed us to do together. Look, actually, in this text, verses 23 through 26 remind us of what we're here to do, to remember the Lord, to take the bread and the cup, which I might add are incredibly internal and personal things, right? Nobody else can eat that bread for you. You got to do it. Nobody else can drink that cup for you. You're going to drink it. No one else can control or even know what's in your mind right now. It's up to you to obey the Lord and to remember. But look, uh, backing up a little bit, this passage is not actually a nice passage or a little maintenance reminder of, hey, here's the Lord's Supper. It's something they already knew about, but we're doing wrongly. And what was wrong with it? Look at verse 17. The Spirit says, now giving this instruction, I do not praise you since you come together. They were together. They got that part at least. Not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. Indeed. There must be factions among you so that those who are approved may be recognized among you. He says, of course, some of y'all aren't really living for the Lord. So, yeah, there's going to be divisions. And when you come together, then it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Well, yeah, it is. We're coming. There's the bread. There's the cup. We're talking about some Jesus stuff. What do you mean, Paul? We're not coming together to take the Lord's Supper. Listen to what he says. He says, for at the meal, each one eats his own supper. So one person is hungry while another gets drunk. They were taking this as sort of a private uh, fulfillment and a private filling kind of moment. Don't you have homes in which to eat and drink? You can do that stuff on your own, he says, but that's not what this is for. Do you despise or 
uh, think less of this thing that's going on here, the church of God, and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I praise you? I do not praise you in this matter. Skip down to verse 27. He says, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, what could be the unworthy manner? Well, apparently in this context, the unworthy manner is that they were seeing this as something just for them personally. I'm going to get as much of this bread as I want. I'm going to get as much of this drink as I want. It's just, it's a private thing. Not thinking of others, not thinking of what's going on around them. And actually, you skip down to verse 33. It says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, yours probably says, wait for one another. I'll tell you, though, it's interesting. That word can also be translated. It's, it's a unique word that's used in if only a few places in the New Testament. But it can also be translated, welcome one another. In other words, not just sit here and be like, okay, everybody. But, but actually, there's a connectivity that's supposed to exist in these moments when we're together. If anyone's hungry, he should eat at home. So that when you gather together, you'll not come under judgment. This is something that's important together. We're supposed to remember together. Remember together. And of course, this is just part of an oft-repeated, not even oft-repeated, the multifaceted instruction of God that our lives are bound and bonded together. So much of the evil that God's wrath um, is revealed against is evil people not living in harmony not working together, not operating the way God expects us to as his image bearers, sharing the love that he wants for us. In this moment, when we take the same bread of which we are all part of the same body and we drink the same cup of which we all share in, it's a moment that should be one where we remember together something we do um, to come in greater harmony with each other and with the Lord. What does that actually mean? What does that actually mean? I'm going to suggest a couple of things as we as we obey the Lord's instruction here, because as we take the supper, he specifically says we're to remember him in this. So how does remembering him make us um, remember together or how can we remember him in a way that would make us remember together? When you take the bread here in just a moment, remember the Lord's body. That's what he said to do. This bread is my body, which is broken for you. And I want you to think about that. Think about your sin that was the cause of his death. Think about the forgiveness that his death has brought for you. Think about the the new life that you share because of what he gave up. And then look around this room for a little bit. And think about everybody else in here. Maybe not everybody else. Maybe one or two people don't stare real awkward. Like unless you stare at the same person, you all just look at each other in the eye. It'd be great. But I'm being serious. Okay. Look at somebody that they're a sinner just like you, that they've been forgiven just like you. And maybe, by the way, I don't know, maybe I don't know what's going on in all your lives, and all your personal lives. Maybe you need to forgive them as God has forgiven you and that person that we're all in this thing together. As you think on his body, which is broken for you, remember it was broken for them too, for us, for each one. Whenever you take the cup, remember his blood, which was shed to establish the new covenant in his blood. The the oath that God has made to us and the oath that we've made to him and and that we've pledged our lives to him in Christ. Think about that bond that you share with God that's only possible because of Jesus. Otherwise, we would all be under wrath. But because of the blood of Christ, we have forgiveness of sins and full restoration. We're whole with him. And then open your eyes and look around and look at somebody else for whom Christ died. Somebody else who's also shares in that covenant. And why don't you think about also how challenging it is for you to keep that covenant? Don't you find that to be true? 
every day trying to live the way that you promised Jesus you'd live for him and that you'd do all the things, you'd be loyal to him as he's been loyal to you. Why don't you look at that person across the room and think about it's hard for them too. Maybe you know how it's hard for them. Maybe you could say a little prayer or maybe you don't know how it's hard for them. But you wonder, I wonder what it is. And maybe afterwards, crazy thought, maybe you could just ask them about it, see what's going on. Maybe you could pray together with them today as you remember together the covenant that's been formed in his blood. And I'll say, as we remember both his body and his blood, as we take the bread and the cup, notice what verse 26 says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so as we remember not only what Jesus did in his death, not only what he established in the covenant that was made in his blood, but also as we remember his promise that he's coming again. Think about what that'll mean for you on that day. The anticipation, the joy, the the comfort it is to you whenever you're struggling. And then look around one more time. And think about your brother, your sister, who also needs comfort and encouragement to keep on going, to anticipate that day of the Lord, not in fear like those who are under God's wrath, but with hope, real hope, and joy what's coming next. The Lord's Supper is a strange thing that God's told us to do. Actually, all worship is because it's intensely personal. You can't get inside of my heart. I can't get inside of yours. There's, it's such a personal thing, but it's not a private thing. It's a personal thing that we share in together. And as we take this bread and cup, I hope that as we're grateful for being liberated from God's wrath and as we're grateful for the covenant that Jesus has offered us through his blood and as we're grateful for the hope we have of the resurrection day, uh, let's make sure to do this as he's instructed. Let's do it in a worthy manner. Let's remember these things together. Hebrews 3 and 12. Actually, Hebrews 3 and verse 2 says of Jesus, he was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was in all of God's household. It says that Christ, verse 6, was faithful as a son over his household. And we are of that household if we hold fast to our confidence and the hope in which we boast. Verse 12 says, watch out, brothers and sisters, so there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage each other daily while it's still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. That's why we've taken this bread to remember what God has done for us through Christ and what we share in together. Hebrews 10 and verse 23 says this, let us hold fast, hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I hope you never think that missing moments like this, not just on the, especially on the first day of the week, but not only on the first day of the week. I hope you never think that missing moments like this is okay. You'll be all right. Just like I say, I'm okay and I'm all right when I'm sitting there eating my dinner by myself at some place. It's not okay and all right. Don't neglect this. And, and you may feel like it's okay, but God says otherwise. And God knows us better than we know ourselves. We need this, y'all. We need to remember together. We need to worship together. We need to encourage each other. And we need to do that in each other's presence, just as God came into our presence in, in bodily form in Christ. That's why we do this, y'all. And, and I'll say this also because we're not done. Whenever we share in these moments together, what happens after the amen is just as important, if not more so, than what happens before. 
And so let's utilize this. Let's obey what the scripture says, encouraging each other, exhorting each other, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for giving us one another. We know, God, that you are everything and you sustain us just like you've sustained your people who've been alone and lonely and isolated throughout history. But we also know that you've said it's not good for us to be alone and you uh, desire for us to have one another for support. Teach us, God, to, to do just that, to rely upon each other, to be strengthened among ourselves so that we'll love you better and love you as you really deserve. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.